Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I'm so happy to be with you, and um, this morning I want to kind of whet your appetite for what is coming, okay? Because I believe even though we are in the midst of a very difficult season in our nation, and thank you, Pastor, for having the prayer time tomorrow night because we need so desperately to pray for the United States. We are in a spiritual war right now. Uh, it is a, uh, there is a tug of war going on for America. I know you can feel that. And we've also been through a very, very difficult season with this pandemic and all that accompanied that pandemic. But I believe that what's on the other side of these difficulties is the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the world has ever seen. We are, right now, it's a, it's a divine setup for the Holy Spirit to move in an unprecedented way. Don't believe the voices in the media that tell you that Satan is taking over. That is not the truth. We sang about it this morning. There's only one name. And Jesus is going to have the last word. But in order for us to be prepared for that, we are going to have to embrace his power and we're going to have to embrace his Holy Spirit in every way. And here it is. uh, We're in the month of May. I don't know if you know that the day of Pentecost in the year 2022 is June 5th. So we have just a little time before we're hitting that that very important marker on the church calendar. And I hope that you are preparing your heart right now for Pentecost. Now, of course, we know Pentecost is not just a day on the calendar. Pentecost is a lifestyle. But I want to talk to you this morning about why we need to be clothed with power. That's my message to you this morning. And before I get into that, I want to just let everybody know that if you would go to that next slide, uh, if you um, want to prepare your heart for Pentecost, uh, I have a Bible study that is on the YouVersion app on, on your phone. If you go to the YouVersion or if you use that Bible app on your phone, uh, there if you just search on that app for Rekindle the Flame, you will find this devotional. It's a daily devotional you can use. To, that goes through the book of Acts. And uh, I know we're, we're not too far away right now from June 5th, but you can still read 28 chapters in the book of Acts to prepare your heart. So I just want to throw that out there because I believe it is important for us to prepare ourselves for this moment. So as we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we... And the American church today, and that includes the church in Mount Olive, 
we have to prepare our hearts for a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go this morning to Luke uh, chapter 24. Uh, These are some of the very last words that Jesus spoke in the book of Luke to his disciples. Jesus had already gone to the cross. He has already paid for our sins. He has atoned for us. He has been raised from the dead. And you would think now there's 500 people that have seen Jesus literally resurrected and they are excited and they are ready to go and tell people that Jesus is alive. And then Jesus comes and says, wait, don't talk about it yet. He says in Luke 24, 49, behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. In other words, he's saying, don't just go out in your own strength. Don't just go out with your intellectual understanding. You've seen the resurrected Christ. You understand what Jesus did for you on the cross. But wait, don't go yet because you need something else. This is a huge mistake that the church has made over the centuries is that we try to do God's work without his power. And in America, we have churches today that actually teach that God's power was turned off and that he doesn't work anymore in miraculous ways. But Jesus here is telling his disciples, you need to be clothed with power so that you can do what I'm sending you to do. You cannot do it in your own ability. Somebody here needed to hear that. And when Jesus said clothed with power, I believe that his disciples understood um, he was referring to something from the Old Testament. If you go to that next slide, you will, you will see a familiar picture from a Bible story from the Old Testament. Some of you may recognize that this is the moment when Elijah, the prophet, uh, ascended into heaven. Elijah, the prophet, the, 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 probably the most powerful prophet of the Old Testament, he's the guy who called Israel back to serve the true God and in order to convince them that God was the true God, Elijah called down fire from heaven and the whole nation saw those flames coming down they, and they all bowed on their faces and said, the Lord Jehovah, he is God. The whole nation understood that God was the true God. And then when it was time for Elijah to go to heaven, he's one of those very special people who didn't have to die He actually just went straight up into heaven. But before he did that, his disciple Elisha, who had followed him around and watched all of Elijah's miracles, and he had seen God's power, and Elisha wanted to carry that power into his generation. And so he said to his mentor, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elijah said to him, now that's a hard thing that you've asked, but thankfully he didn't say you can't have it. He, 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 as he was going up and the, and the fiery chariots came to take Elijah into heaven, 
The Bible says that Elijah threw his cloak, his mantle on his disciple Elisha and he gave him that anointing because Elisha uh, wanted to carry that power and Elijah knew that even though he had an expiration date and it was time for him to go to heaven, he wanted the next generation to demonstrate God's power to them. And so Elisha received this double portion of the Holy Spirit's power. And then if you read Elisha's story in the book of 2 Kings, you will find out that he actually did twice as many miracles as Elijah. He literally walked in a double portion anointing. And I believe that when Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to clothe you with power. What Jesus was saying was, I'm going to throw my mantle on you. And I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a double portion of my Holy Spirit. Because Jesus had also told his disciples, you're actually going to do greater things than I did. Isn't that amazing? And so God is saying to his church... And Jesus was telling his church in that moment, don't go yet. You need the power. But when you receive the power, you're going to walk in my anointing and you're going to do the same things I did. In fact, you're going to do, do greater things. You're going to walk in the miraculous, supernatural power of God. Can I say this morning to you, First PH Church of Mount Olive, God wants to throw a double portion of his spirit on you. He doesn't want you just reaching this community with your own ability or with programs. And all those things are great, but we need the power. And there has never been a moment in our history when we have needed God's power more than now. Our nation needs to see a demonstration that our God is truly the Lord. But I find that there are a lot of Christians who hear that and they go, okay, that's cool. I'll pray for that. Lord, here am I, send Pastor Jeff. We hear that and we think, oh yeah, that's great. We want the church to move in power. But I'm not talking about just the church in a broad, general sense. I'm saying he wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants the supernatural anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing through every one of you. Do y'all believe that? We have actually give, been given permission to desire... God's power in our lives. I want to take you to another verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, where the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthians, and he's been talking about spiritual gifts. He's been talking about the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, the gift of miracles, the gift of discernment of spirits, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, supernatural faith. He's been giving them this list of spiritual gifts that when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit comes with gifts. He comes with manifestations. The Holy Spirit, when he comes upon us, he doesn't just, you know, make us cry or make us feel good or we come to the altar and we shake and bake and mar marinate and saturate and vibrate. That's not 
I mean, you may do those things. The Holy Spirit may cause you to feel his power. But why does he come upon us? Because he wants to manifest those gifts. And you as a people must desire those gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 once says, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So that verse gives every one of you permission to say, Lord, I want the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow in my life. You must earnestly desire. Now notice it says earnestly desire. We don't desire them for the wrong reason. We don't want healing gifts so that we can impress people. We certainly don't want the gifts of the Spirit so that we can go on TV and sell them. And we've seen people do that, and that's not the right way to do it. That's not earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. But every one of us should be saying, Lord, I want you to fill me with your Spirit, and I want the gifts of the Spirit to flow in me, When I go to Walmart, when I go to my job, when I go to school, when I'm with my friends, when I'm with strangers pumping gas somewhere, I want the Holy Spirit's power to flow through my life so that I can demonstrate to them who Jesus Christ is. And that's how we're going to reach our community. America today has forgotten who Jesus is. So many people in our culture don't even, they've never been to church. They don't know anything about Jesus Christ. They need to see the demonstration of his power. And we need the healings and the miracles and the word of wisdom and, the, and the, every supernatural gift. We need them operating in Mount Olive, North Carolina. I hope that this is giving you some t- uh, hunger for this. I want to just give you a few testimonies from my own life because, uh, you know, (laughs) your pastor was telling me this morning, he thinks I'm kind of chill. He thinks I'm kind of low key. You know, I'm not the kind of guy that screams and hollers. I hope that's okay with you. Uh, But I am not the same person I was uh, before I met Jesus. And I used to be a journalist. Uh, I was kind of like a guy, you might know, a guy named Clark Kent. I was kind of like him. I just sat at a desk and wrote articles and sat, you know, just did, sat at my computer and interviewed people. And then Jesus called me out of that. He called me into full-time ministry. He told me I was going to be going to nations. He told me that I was going to be preaching. I had a tug of war in my life over that. That was not who I thought I was called to be because I was kind of your mild-mannered guy. But the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, and I obeyed him, and I started going out. And guess what started happening? The gifts of the Holy Spirit began to manifest in my life as I stepped out of my comfort zone. And I started saying, Lord, here am I. Use me. He started doing supernatural things. I'm going to give you just a few testimonies just to whet your appetite for what he wants to do in your own life. The first gift that I want to talk about this morning is the gift of healing. How many of you believe the gift of healing still operates today? God didn't turn off the power of God in 300 AD and just say we don't need that anymore. We need the gift of healing today. 
And I was in the nation of Colombia. This picture that you see here, there was a women's conference in the city of Barranquilla, Colombia. I was there a few years ago, and I was preaching to these women. It was a large group. And while I was speaking to that group, a lady got up in the back of the room and ran out the door and ran into the restroom. And when this happened, I just, you know, I was at the pulpit, and I just remember thinking to myself, well, if you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> and then she ran back in the room, and then she ran up to the front, and she sat down next to my, um, one of my colleagues named Nori, and she started whispering to her real loud, and then Nori looked at me, and Nori started running up to the platform. I'm going, okay, this has got to be good. You're interrupting the meeting. And then I found out that that woman who was sitting in the back listening to the sermon, I didn't go back there and, and lay hands on her. I didn't say anything about healing. Right in the middle of the service, she felt a warmth come over her body. It, it went from head to foot. And suddenly she knew God had touched her and she ran to the restroom because this woman, 10 years prior to that, she had been gang raped by 12 men and she had a lot of internal injuries and she went to the restroom and she came back and she told Nori that for the first time in 10 years, she urinated without pain. God healed her body in that moment. Do y'all believe Jesus still does that today? Now, I don't take credit for that. I didn't even touch her. But I know that sometimes the gift of healing moves like that. And God can do that with people sitting in this room today. If you are in a place of where you have infirmity in your body. In fact, I believe God wants to do some healings today. And I'm going, I believe he wants to do more healings tonight. We need to get our faith level up here to believe that he still does those things. And not just for you, if you need healing, but because he wants to use you to pray for others for healing. Amen. There's another gift of the Holy Spirit that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians. It's called the word of knowledge. And this is a very unusual gift. I, I began to experience this gift a few years ago. God would begin to give me information about things that I didn't understand. He would tell me about somebody, that, something that was going on in someone's life. I didn't, sometimes I didn't even know who I was speaking about. But I was in a conference in California uh, a few years ago, and... Uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me right in the middle of the message and said, I want you to say this. And so I, I said to the people, there is a woman in this room today that you have been struggling with infertility. And the Lord says, if you will come up to this altar, he's, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pray for you. He says he's going to break the spirit of barrenness off of your life. That's a pretty unusual thing to say, especially interrupt your message with. But I said that. I didn't know who I was speaking to. I didn't know that there was a young woman in the back of the room who had just had her third miscarriage. She was very depressed. She didn't even want to be at the meeting. Thankfully, her mother was with her. And so her mother knew what was going on, and her mother knew that's who I was talking about. And so she basically dragged her daughter to the front. And her daughter was standing up here at the altar, and she was weeping. And all I did was lay my hands on her head, and I declared over her, God says he's breaking the spirit of barrenness off of you. And that's all I said. 
I went back to the message, and then I finished my weekend. I went home, and I came back to that same community in San Jose, California, a year later, and when the pastor picked me up, he said, Oh, Lee, uh, I forgot to tell you, there's a lady in my church. She's so excited you've come back because she wants me to take you over to the church right now. She's waiting there. She wants to meet you because a year ago, she said she was in a meeting with you. You called her out. You said there was somebody there with infertility. She and her husband could not have kids. They'd had three miscarriages. But after you prayed for her, she went home from that conference, got pregnant, and had this little baby girl. And they've got that little baby girl waiting to meet you. And there she is right there. And they have since had another child. (laughs) Because barrenness was broken. And many times I have wondered what would have happened if I had never stepped out in faith to even say that. Do you realize God has given you the anointing and the power to break through and to bring people into the supernatural experience of the Holy Spirit's power. And the word of knowledge often does that. Now those two gifts, maybe that sounds exciting and you say, I'd love to do that. I'd love to be a part of that. I'd love for God to use me that way. This next one, you might not say that because, uh, you know, a lot of us don't really like demons. We don't really like to get around people who have demons. But uh, how many of you know there are some demons in North Carolina that have to be cast out? Do y'all believe Jesus still does that? So I was in India. I've been to India four times. And I was over there uh, leading a team, and we were in a, uh, a service that was being held in a hotel, and there were many people there. And after the message, several people responded and said that they wanted to come to know Jesus. They were giving their lives to Jesus. They were all former Hindus, and they were coming to Jesus that morning, and they'd gathered at the front. And so my friend Andy was with me on that trip, and he and I were tag-teaming. And so he and I were looking at each other. We were thrilled about all these people that were coming to the altar to give their life to Jesus. And then I noticed that there was a woman coming from the back. And she also was trying to come down and join us. She wanted to give her life to Jesus. But as she got closer and closer to the altar, her arms began to sort of contort like this. And then her eyes kind of rolled back in her head. And then her tongue started coming out, and it was kind of going like this, and her tongue kept coming longer and longer and longer out of her mouth. I just looked to to Andy, and he and I were looking at each other, and I'm just thinking, I've never seen a tongue that long before. (laughs) And, of course, we knew that something demonic was going on here. So then I knew what Andy was thinking. He's thinking, now, one of us is going to have to pray with the new believers And one of us is going to have to take care of this snake lady here. And then Andy said to me, I'll pray with the new believers. (laughs) So I had to grab one of my team members. We went and we got to this lady and we sort of gently moved her out of the way. We took her to the back. We took her to a, a room outside of the room. I realized that this lady, um, she really did want to know Jesus, but she was a Hindu witch. She had been involved in witchcraft. She had opened up her life to all kinds of demonic things. You know, when people open their lives to dark things, they give entrance to demonic power. 
And so this lady was inhabited by not just one, but several demons that were making her body do this. They were fighting because they didn't want her to know Jesus. There was a war over her life. She wanted to know Jesus. And so first I spoke to her and I said, you know, Jesus uh, loves you and he died for you. And I explained the gospel to her. I led her in a prayer to come to know Jesus Christ. But then I had to speak to those spirits and I had to say that they had to go. And I had to use the name of Jesus. And it didn't happen instantly. But over a course of about 10 to 12 minutes, that lady got completely free her, her body relaxed, her eyes went back into their normal place, and thank God her tongue went back in her mouth, and then she had this great big smile because she had come to know Jesus Christ. It takes the power of God to do that, but when he displays that power, you know, people see it, and they and it, the Bible says it confirms the message that we preach. Mount Olive Church, I want to say to you that it is time for y'all to go to the next level and to grab hold of the supernatural power of God. We need more miracles today. And, you know, I hear people always, they say, you know, why doesn't God do miracles anymore? Or they say, why, doesn't, why does God only do miracles on the mission field and we never hear about it here? Well, I don't believe it's because God doesn't do it anymore. It has a lot to do with our faith. When Jesus went to Nazareth, the Bible says that he couldn't do very many miracles there because of their unbelief. And so we in America have created a culture, a church culture, that has very low expectation of the supernatural power. In fact, I heard one preacher say years ago that in many American churches, if the Holy Spirit just pulled out and withdrew and walked out of that church, many Christians would not even know the difference. That's right. Lord, help us. Lord, we need a fresh Pentecost. I'm going to skip this next slide and go to this last one because I feel like this one is so important for you. I so appreciate your pastor, Jeff, because I know that he wants people to hear the gospel and he's a, he is evangelistic at heart. But you know, the Bible tells us that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, not only do we experience the manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we also receive boldness. Everybody say boldness. Everybody say boldness a little louder than you said it before. How many of you believe the American church needs to get louder? I'm not talking about more obnoxious. I'm talking about that we need to, to stop being so timid about who we know, and what he can do. It says in Acts 4.31 that when the early church was filled with the Holy Spirit, this was after Pentecost, they had another encounter with the Holy Spirit, and it says that the place where they prayed was shaken, and they began to preach the word of God with boldness. I think I may have shared this story when I was here with you before, but I'm going to tell it again because of the way that God moved in this situation. 
uh, back at the beginning of 2020, I walked into a gas station in my town of LaGrange, Georgia, and there was a man behind the counter in that gas station who was from India. And uh, I recognized his accent. I made friends with him. I found out that he was from a city where I have visited, where I have preached. And uh, we became friends. And then uh, eventually he opened up his heart and he gave his life to Jesus. We actually were sitting in the gas station right next to the video poker machines. And this guy whose name is Mahi Paul gave his life to Jesus Christ. And then the pandemic started, and I started discipling him because I was home. I wasn't traveling anymore. And so I would just go to the gas station every morning. We would sit down by that, uh, by that video poker machine thing. There was hardly anybody in the store. And so I, we just had discipleship lessons every morning. And he would always make me this horrible coffee. <laughs> but I drank it just to be nice to him. And he became stronger in his faith. And then he learned that he needed to be baptized in water. And the churches in my town were not open. And so a friend of mine offered to open up his church. And Mahipal, uh, you know, was baptized in water. He stood in that horse trough. And he declared that Jesus Christ is the only true God. And, and he, you know, nailed down his commitment. And then I told Mahi Paul after that, I said, there's one more step that you need to make, very important. I said, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is very important for a new Christian. And so Mahi Paul is so hungry for God, he was just like, okay, when do we do that? And, and he thought we were going, back, going to go back to the church and get back in the water. And I had to explain to him that, you know, you don't have to get back in water to be baptized in the Spirit. This is something that Jesus does. And he baptizes you, he fills you, he submerges you, he saturates you with his Holy Spirit's power so that you can do the work that Jesus did. And so Mahipal was like, okay, when can we do that? And so I said, well, let's just go over to your house. And we went in the backyard of his house. We sat in two lawn chairs on a very hot afternoon in Georgia. And I laid hands on Mahipal and prayed for him to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he was filled with God's power. He began to speak in another language. It was not his Indian language. It was not English. It was his supernatural prayer language. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He knew that was going to happen because I had read to him scriptures about that. But I also told Mahi Paul that when you get filled with the Spirit, not only do you get the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, but you receive boldness and you're going to want to tell people about Jesus. And so he took that. I loved working with this guy because he just, he just ran with everything I told him. And so uh, a couple of days went by and I, I, I noticed one day I got a text from him and he said, uh, Lee, would you please call this person? And he gave me the number and he said, I just prayed with this person to receive Jesus at the gas station, and uh, they need follow-up. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, this, and, and then I asked him about that situation, and he said, yeah, I was just standing behind the counter. This lady came up to the counter with her cigarettes and her lottery tickets, and he looked at her and said... Uh, uh, have you, can I ask you a question? And he did his typical 
hair like this and and he said have you been born again <laughs> and the lady was like in typical georgia fashion she was like oh yeah i, I go to church because everybody in georgia goes to church right and he said no 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 i don't mean do you go to church i said have, he said have you been born again and he said the lady actually put down her her cigarettes and she had a tear and right there at the counter with people standing behind her in line, very graciously waiting for this moment, she prayed to receive Jesus in that, in that gas station. Yeah. Mahi Paul, who was only a couple of months old in the Lord, actually, while he was in LaGrange, led 11 people to Jesus at that gas station. Why? Because he had boldness. When you receive the Holy Spirit's power, you cannot contain it and you will not sit on it. You know, those of us in this room, a lot of us are very proud of the fact that we, are, we wear a label that says we are Pentecostals. And in a lot of places where you people use that term, and I would use that term for myself. I'm not ashamed to tell anybody that I'm a Pentecostal. People would say, well, Pentecostal means you believe that when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, they can walk in the power of God and that they might speak in tongues. And many of us talk about our prayer language and you've had that experience and so forth. And I love that gift and I have that gift and I have been speaking in tongues since I was filled with the Holy Spirit at age 18. But I will also tell you this, just because you speak in tongues does not mean you are 100% filled with the Holy Spirit. Because I know a lot of Christians who speak in tongues and they're afraid to tell anybody about Jesus. That's not the way it's supposed to be. If you are full of the Holy Spirit's power, if you want to be a full-on Pentecostal if you want to wear that label, then that means you need to be loud for Jesus. You need to be uh, willing and able, courageous to share your testimony and to share what Jesus has, has done in your life and to lead others to Jesus. Amen? So I hope that we are going to walk in the fullness of Pentecost as we come into that season. We're just a few weeks away. I don't know what's planned for this church. I, I know we need to pray. I know that we need to press into God's power. Tonight, I'm going to talk more about this, and I'm actually going to talk about how we quench the Holy Spirit because that's the problem for a lot of us is that we got lit, we got on fire, we got the power of God, and then we, put, uh, a, we turned a fire extinguisher on in our lives, and we put the, the fire out. And we need to get the rekindling of the Holy Spirit back. We need his fire to return in our lives. Amen. And so I came here this weekend to challenge all of you to step into his power. When you look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are listed in the Bible... And some of us go, well, you know, I just want to be a nice Christian. I want to have his love. I want to have the fruit of the Spirit. I want to have the character of Christ. And that's all good. Paul said, pursue love. But he also said, 
And you need to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. It's not enough for us just to have the fruit. We need the fruit and the gifts. We need God's power and his character. And some of us go, well, I just want to be a nice, sweet Christian. But, you know, I'll let the really bold people go out there and do the miracles. God wants to use you to do miracles. We need miracles in our high schools. We need miracles in our offices and in our factories. We need miracles on the factory floor at Mount Olive Pickle Company. Hello? I want us to bow our heads right now, and I want to ask the Holy Spirit to just settle over us. I want to ask that his presence would just come into this room right now in this moment. And I want you to search your heart this morning and ask, how hungry am I for his power in my life? How desperately do I want his gifts to flow through me? Some of you have not even had this on your radar. You haven't even thought, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just not somebody that does those things. That's somebody that's way more confident than I am. But the Lord is saying to you today, don't deflect this. Don't ignore this. Don't just think, oh, he's really talking to somebody else. I am talking to you today. The Holy Spirit is talking to you because he wants to use all of us to manifest his power. I'm going to ask for a response in just a moment. But I just want to drop these little words out there for a moment. I, I feel like there is a young man in this room today that you are being tormented in your mind. There's just been, you, your mind has been just like a playground of uh, uh, just the devil throwing things at you. He's throwing lust. He's throwing uh, just... Um, perversion and images in your mind and you have just been wrestling there has been a war in your mind and you've really thought a lot about just throwing in the towel and giving up because you feel very weary fighting these temptations I want to tell you today if it was just if you were the only person I came to Mount Olive for I want to tell you that God has a calling on your life he plans to use you in ways that you can't even imagine. But he needs to crush that, that spirit that is tormenting you right now. And it, it, it has set its sights on you. You have been targeted because God has a calling on your life. But there's a war over that. And today he needs you to surrender fully to him. There's also several people in this room today. You have been so weary from the battles going on in your life. Some of you are going through some family conflicts. And you just feel like you have no breath left. You feel, very, you feel like you're having to drag yourself around. Because of this tension and conflict going on. It's drained you of your energy. There's also a woman here. You're dealing with a physical problem, but it has also turned itself into depression. 
that depression has attached itself to your physical malady. And Jesus wants to go into the root. He wants to heal you physically, but he's going to break that spirit of depression off of you. And there's someone else who has a similar situation like that. And you've had to start taking some uh, over-the-counter medicines. And those medicines are having very bad influence on you. And yet you feel like you're hooked on it. Jesus wants to break that off of you today. There are some people in this room today. You are struggling. You are hurting. Some of you may have come up here at the beginning of the service. But there's others of you that did not come. And the one that's struggling with that medication, you did not come up here this morning. But God wants to free you today. And if there are also those of you today who would say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I need his power. I need his fullness. I want the gifts of the Spirit to flow in my life. I feel like I've... I've just not allowed him to do anything like that in me. I've been timid. I've been shy. I don't want to step out. I don't want to tell others. And I'm not, I haven't been open for him to use me in that way. But you would say today, I want the Holy Spirit's power in my life. I want him to flow through me. I want those gifts. I want him to touch me today. And I want him to ignite a flame in me. If you need to be up at this altar right now, we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. We're going to ask him to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask him to refill those who have been dry. And there's a man in this room that you would say that it's been several years. You feel like you have been so empty. You feel like your your jar has been so dry that you didn't think it was possible. Because you feel like God's punishing you. You feel like you, uh, you're, you're, you deal with a lot of shame for something that happened a long time ago. Jesus says, get up here today. I'm going to feel you afresh. Because I haven't been holding back. Let's respond right now to the Holy Spirit. If you need to be up here today, if you need to be filled, if you need to be refilled, if you need to be healed, if you need to respond to any of those things that I said... There's some very specific people today that God was speaking to. Please respond right now. He's here to to heal. He's here to fill. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Just respond right now. The people who need to be up here are on their way. Come on. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to give y'all just a few more moments because the Holy Spirit is softening some hearts. Thank you, Lord. And I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to ask for the prayer team to come up yet. I want, I'm just going to give y'all just a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to soften you. There's also some of you that you've just been too quiet. You've been too quiet. And the Lord wants to plug you in and recharge you so much and fill you so that you can overflow. He's got a calling on your life. But we have to respond and let him fill us with his power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.